Can a person's will live past the time of their mortal existence? Could the volition of an individual be so powerfully stubborn as to stave off the permanence of death, giving them the opportunity, or illusion thereof, to somehow continue their pursuit of whatever they desired in life? If there are souls reaching out through the veil, we must decipher whether they offer a helping hand or wish us grievous harm. It seems every neighborhood has at least one person that everyone knows not to mess with. In Los Lorelas, a town within the municipality of Tijuana, that was Elvira. She is remembered by her great-niece, Clarette, as a very tall, loud-spoken woman who swore profusely and drank often. She was quite masculine, with short curly hair, and only wore flannel shirts and Dickies pants with work boots. She was loyal to her family and worked hard to help care for them. Clarette fondly recalls her great-aunt standing in the kitchen, wearing one of her flannel shirts, making her Mexican rice with sour cream just how she liked it. Elvira would make enough to give to the neighborhood kids, but they would refuse to eat it, as they were too afraid of her. Though she showed caring and kindness, her rough exterior seemed to be overwhelming. Elvira had a large two-story home, where family, including Clarette and her mother, would often stay. She would travel to Los Angeles almost every day to buy and sell clothing in order to make a living. She loved spending time with her great-niece and often wanted to take the young girl with her, but was not permitted. One morning in 1996, Elvita was preparing to leave for Los Angeles, but was being extra vigilant in getting allowance to take Clarette with her. But again, Clarette's mother refused, and so Elvita was left to travel alone. At some point during the drive from Tijuana to California, there was a terrible accident involving at least 12 other vehicles. Elvira sadly lost her life that day. Her family was devastated by the loss. The absence of such a strong presence could not be ignored. Upon her death, the ownership of the home passed to Clarette's mother. After a time of grieving, Clarette, along with her mother and sister, would move into the Los Loreles residence. They were glad the home was staying in the family as Elvira was very possessive of it. Just how possessive would be made apparent in the following years. Clarette and her sister were often left home alone while their mother worked. During this time, strange events began to occur. It started small with TVs and other electronics turning on and off seemingly on their own. While in their rooms, the two sisters would hear movement in the kitchen as if someone was cooking. They could hear drawers opening and closing, dishes being washed, and things being moved around. When they came downstairs to investigate, there was no one there. When the house was quiet, they would hear the sound of floating ice hitting the side of a cocktail glass. Then it started to happen when the mother was home. All three of them on multiple occasions would see a tall, curly-haired woman walking down the hallway that led to the back patio. The figure would then pace in the backyard. When they would inspect the area closer, there would be no one, and no evidence of anyone's presence. These events were startling to the family, but not worrisome, as nothing had been broken, and nothing violent was happening. They knew it was Alvira, still holding on to her beloved home. They seemed to be unbothered by the visits from her, until she made her intentions known. One night after cleaning up from dinner, Clarette's mother was heading upstairs to finally relax for the night. She'd had a long day and was looking forward to laying down and watching some TV. When she reached the top of the staircase, 
She was shocked to her core to see her Aunt Elvira standing in front of her with a look of pure anger. Terrified of what she was seeing, she let out a loud gasp. Elvira grabbed the mother by the shoulders, then quickly and violently began pushing her down the stairs, attempting to get her out the front door, all while screaming, Get out of my house! Claret's mother was able to take refuge in the downstairs bathroom, directly next to the front door. What she found most troubling was not that Elvira was yelling about leaving the home, but that she wanted her to leave her two daughters. I will take care of them now. This occurrence scared them, but Clarette's mother was not giving up. As the eerie events continued, her mother would simply stop what she was doing and yell to her aunt, Leave me alone. This is my house now. After years of dealing with the phenomena, the family had become accustomed to it. Clarette remembers creepy things happening, and then being calmed by the thought of it just being her aunt. Sometime later, the three of them would move out of the home, as the girls had grown and their mother no longer needed all the space. When they left, Clarette's uncle moved in with his wife and three daughters, not truly believing the happenings they were warned about. As soon as they moved in, Elvita made her presence known to them. The uncle's family would have almost all of the same experiences as his sister's family, with one exception. One of the uncle's daughters, 15 at the time, was about to walk upstairs when an unknown force viciously thrust her to the ground. While on her back, the same unidentified entity grabbed her legs and mercilessly dragged her through the house. Her mother watched in terror as her legs floated in the air and her back slid across the floor while she screamed in horror and panic. The young girl was pulled through the living room and into the kitchen where her legs were finally dropped. She sat still for some time frozen from the fear and confusion of what had just occurred. The visions of Alvira were not just seen by the family members. The uncle's wife decided to have a group of friends over one night. They were talking of old times and sharing fun memories when the wife went to get one of the family photo albums from upstairs. When she returned from retrieving the album, her friends asked her if she'd invited anyone else that hadn't arrived yet. She assured them that they were the only ones, and asked why they were so curious. There was a woman walking around in your backyard. She was looking for something. One of them answered. They then moved to the backyard to find nothing. The wife told her friends of Elvira, and the other things that have happened in the home. They did not believe her claims. Thinking she was just trying to scare them, they urged her to move on to the photo album. The group then delved into the album, and very quickly, one of the friends gestured to a photo of Elvira, stating, That's the woman who was walking around in the backyard. The wife looked at the group of her friends with a smirk and said, That is Elvira. The faces of the friends dropped to the floor. They were shocked and terrified. Before the wife could say anything else, the group got up and left the home as expeditiously as possible. Although unexplainable things are still happening at the house, the family will not move. The wife is constantly being told to leave her own home by a menacing disembodied voice, but she will not give in. The family is in agreement about the cause of their experiences in the home. It's Elvira, and she wants her house back. Clarette does not believe that Elvira is trying to hurt them. She never felt like she was in danger once she figured out it was her great aunt. No one has been seriously physically injured but Clarette's cousin, who was drugged through the home 
and will never forget the fist-clenching terror she felt. To this day, she refuses to enter the residence. The wife has continuously enlisted the help of local priests who cleanse the domicile, but the Catholic rituals only seem to remedy the issue for a short time before it all starts again. Is Elvira really the one committing these phenomena? What is it that could be keeping her there? Why would she demand the adults leave her home, but want the children to stay? Could these all be some sort of illusion or hallucination shared by not only two families, but also visitors to the home? It's possible this is something else altogether, something humans cannot or should not understand. It seems we, the living, will wonder what lies beyond the veil of death until we pass through it ourselves. Subscribe to Black Letters for a new horror story every 13 days.